Hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of The After Show. We're recording this on Monday, June 1st. Thanks for bearing with us through our Memorial Day break. I am Michael Rose, and with me, as always, is my co-host in crime, Ms. Kelly Grimont. Hi, Mike. So, Kelly, you you were out and about for the Memorial Day weekend, I know. where. What did you do? It looked awesome. Well, um, we rented a car. And that's a, that's I, a big deal. Yeah, well, it kind of is. Um, it's not as big a deal at my house because um, I have family who works for Hertz Equipment. Oh. So I get a friends and family deal in renting a car, and there are places here that are not the airport where you can get one. But you, so. but you automatically have to turn down the tractor that they offer you first. Yeah. It's like, would you like to upgrade to the tractor? No. Yeah. Do you want I'm, the? I'm good with the, the cherry sub, picker. I'm good no. with the subcompact. No. Yeah. How about the backhoe? No. <laughs> Don't need the backhoe. Front loader? No. Yeah. Stop it. Just so. g- give me my Chevette, and I'll be on my way. <laughs> so this time we got a Jeep. Okay. And uh, we took the Jeep and we went to uh, this place called the uh, the Wildlife Safari. I think it might actually be the Oregon Wildlife Safari. It's in huh. Winston, Oregon. And so it's a couple hundred miles from here. Um, and here's the thing is that it's um, it's this place that you drive through. So you're in your car. They encourage you to have your seatbelt off and your windows down. Okay. And it's just, actually, it's just called Wildlife Safari. Their site is wildlifesafari.net. And you drive around on the, there's a path, like there's a little sort of road. It's a dirt road, but there's this road area where you drive. And there's a loop when you first come in and you go around this loop and there's lions that are hanging out and you drive around them and you get to see the lions. So right off the bat, bam, Pretty lions. Cool. Yeah. And they don't have a lot of, at least in this particular configuration there's a couple spots where they can get out of the sun but you can still see them Mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter if they're like hiding from the sunshine or whatever because it does get warm in in central oregon and or central and and southern oregon and so even if they're trying to sort of get out of the sun you get you can still view them so bam right off the bat we have lions and then you keep going and you can see some zebras and some rhinoceroses and some hippopotamus uh, there were there were a couple of hippos out. Uh, we couldn't see them very well because they were sort of up high on a ridge that that we couldn't see mm-hmm. over, and they were kind of up on the top. Um, they have some of those crazy. Uh, I think they're cattle that have the giant wide, crazy wide horns. Whatever uh, those animals are, long horns or whatever they're called. Well, th- they're in like Africa or Australia or something because it's the one that's in the middle of the road that Crocodile Dundee puts to sleep. It's one of those. <laughs> one of one of those putting to sleep uh, antelope. <laughs> yeah, the they, the, they... the narcolantelope. Narcolope. <laughs> the narco the narcolope. The narcolope. Um, the <laughs> There's the show title. The narcolope. The narcolope. Write that Got down. it. Write um, it down. So they have um, all these interesting animals. They have like an America's section. So there's some, um, uh, you can see some elk, you can see some buffalo. There's um, some interesting reptiles. Like they have a crocodile, Mm -hmm. like hanging out. Uh, You can see some elephants, which are kind of cool. Um, I'm trying to think. So one of the things that they're known for is their cheetah program. They've done a lot of work with uh, breeding cheetahs. And so we got to see a couple. Mm-hmm. They have some giraffes. Mm-hmm. And we saw a couple of brown bears and a couple of black bears and um, a few varieties of yak. 
They have some birds that are um, available that you can sort of walk closer to the cage, to kind of the habitat where the birds are. Mm-hmm. It's not really a cage because it's like this huge area so they can fly around. The enclosure. Yeah. The bird, so, the bird enclosure, yeah. Yeah, so you can see bald eagles, you can see flamingos, and a couple of ostriches. And there was this one, let me see if I can find it, it's the East African Crowned Crane. <laughs> and if you look this thing up, you will see it's pretty impressive. And the, the reason it's so impressive is because a, a lot of the animals, the ones that aren't super dangerous, well, even the ones that probably are slightly less than super dangerous, are are enclosed, but some of them are out in the open. And mm-hmm. one of them is this bird. And so this bird, while we were waiting, because there's sort of a traffic jam around the lion loop, uh, while we were waiting, this bird started trying to sort of investigate this car that was a couple of cars ahead of us. Uh-oh. <laughs> And it was like leaning in and looking and then the car in front of it went ahead like a car length or two. And so this car went and the bird started chasing it. Oh, dear. (laughs) It's like chasing the Honda with and it starts to put its wings out and run after it like it's going to intimidate it. But the car was leaving. It was really funny. Uh, So anyway, um, the Winston Wildlife Safari is pretty amazing and if you get a chance it's really cool because you get to drive through it's a way different experience than the zoo and part of that is because when you get to the middle you can buy a uh, a cup of wildlife chow and then you can feed animals they have some animals there that are out in the open and they'll um come right up to your window and be like hey did you buy did you redeem your ticket for the stuff because you know i'm hungry (laughs) where where is the wildlife chow yes Uh, did you bring it and can i have some now yeah thank you and then they're like they get so disappointed so um yeah it was better bring the wildlife chow (laughs) yeah you definitely need to pay the five bucks for that um they're on groupon it's cool you don't have to anyway um so we went and checked that out that was super awesome and uh it's it's an opportunity to see a lot of these animals in a way that you don't normally get to which is why it was interesting uh and then from there we moved on to crater lake Mm -hmm. which is interesting uh, for people who don't know about Crater Lake, here's sort of the deal. You can see it from space. I know there's a lot of things you can see from space, but this basically looks exactly the same from space as it does on the ground. Um, it's this really... Only much smaller. Well, yeah, but it's the same <laughs> unbelievable shade of blue. Uh, you can still see the island off to one side. And basically, it used to be Mazama Mountain. Mount Mazama, I think, is the, is the right word for it. And the top blew off, and then it filled with water over the years technically and, making it a caldera i believe yes and then uh there were a couple of subsequent eruptions that created this island off on one side that's called wizard island and they have a which is of course where dumbledore is buried you know of course it is <laughs> as you do. As um, you do. and it is the interesting thing to me about crater lake is that it's the only national park in Oregon. And Mike is a person who has sampled a lot of, a fair amount of the wilderness in Oregon. Um, you you too may find this surprising. That is surprising. That's that's rather surprising. Yeah. That we have loads there, of state parks. Well it's but, it is a state of of remarkable natural beauty and uh, you would think that the feds would have would have gotten their uh, their act together on that. But, yeah. But no. So we have a lot of state parks, but this is the only one that's national. It has this beautiful lodge and uh, and it's another one that's the same era as the one at um, on Mount Hood, which it was Timberline Lodge, one of the Civilian Conservation Corps projects, which were a big deal here. I don't know how much 
the CCC was doing in the rest of the United States. But I hear about them a lot because it was a program that the government used to put a load of people back to work hmm. after the Depression. So um, this was a way to take care of a lot of, like solve a bunch of problems at the same time. We have a, bun- a bunch of able-bodied people who can't work, who have no jobs, and we have all these things we want to do. So um, there were like a lot of roads that were built, um, a lot of the the lodges, like uh, Timberline Lodge is one that people may know because portions of it, uh, the ex- portions of the exterior were used in The Shining hmm. as the Overlook Hotel. Um, so there's See, now I'm now I'm scared now and now I just feel uncomfortable. <laughs> we'll okay. be podcasting forever and <laughs> ever and no. okay. um, so so we went to Crater Lake Lodge to Crater Lake. Uh, they have a campground there, so we camped out and then um, hung out at the lodge. Had breakfast there. It was pretty awesome. And uh, from there, we drove to this place called the Oregon Caves. And the Oregon Caves are interesting because the whole thing with the Oregon Caves is that it's sort of this this place that was just sort of discovered. There was a guy who um, took his dog and they were sort of out walking in the woods and his dog went into this tunnel and he was looking for his dog and couldn't find his dog and discovered that this there was this huge sort of network of tunnels that you know got big enough to be considered caves in certain parts and they're um made of marble so oddly that's crazy so it's like an alien base really i mean it's that's nuts it totally is who puts marble caves under (laughs) under a mountain like that right and it's crazy because when you look at the outside of the, when you look at like the hillside and the, you know, the mountain that you're on, cause this is in the Siskiyou mountains. When you look at the mountains, you sort of think, Oh, Oregon case, like I'm going to go inside and it's going to look like the outside looks and it totally doesn't. It's a trip. <laughs> and it's, um, anyway, it's really interesting. So if you ever get a chance to check out the Oregon caves, you should totally do it. And then, uh, from there we ended up coming home. <laughs> That's a, that is a well thanks for joining us for the travel log podcast tonight folks we'll be back next week with mike's story of getting stuck on the subway uh <laughs> i did not have nearly as an adventure as adventurous a weekend uh because we we could not travel the memorial day weekend uh my wife was working so mm-hmm. but we did manage to make it up to my brothers for my sister-in-law's birthday barbecue uh, which awesome. was great and got to hang out a little bit and um that you know it's been it's been a busy couple weeks either way today i was actually in new jersey and if anyone who follows my twitter feed will will know that i did discover a very remarkable artifact in a parking lot a a an industrial parking lot in dayton new jersey the cartoon network scooby doo mystery machine <gasps> tour trailer Oh my god! At random in a parking lot, uh, I don't know what it was doing there. I still can't explain it, but it's there. And if you go to uh, Mike T Rose Twitter Twitter dot com slash Mike T Rose, you will see it uh, in its glory. I will try to pin it. Um, I remember seeing that like when it drove around, like when they sent it out on tour. Yeah, well, I, I I don't know why it's in, I don't know why it was in that parking lot. I don't know, I was mm-hmm. not there to visit that company. I was going to someplace <laughs> across the street. 
I don't know what parking lot that was. I don't know how it That's ended hilarious. up there. You know, maybe it's a it's a long sad story involving you know Biff the the roadie and a bet that he lost. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but it's there, and you can go, you can drive there and take a picture with it if you are so inclined. Um, I will happily if anyone who wants to reach out to me, I will happily give you the coordinates. That's crazy. Where it was found, and I hope that we will then create a a phenomenon of people driving to this parking lot to take their photo with I would love that. with the mystery machine trailer. Um it's really Clearly. quite something. And it's in it appears to be in pretty good shape. I mean obviously I couldn't go yeah. inside. I didn't I don't know what it what it was what kind of uh rodent damage might have been going on inside. <laughs> Scrappy Doo tore up the joint. Uh <laughs> but uh, yeah. And you gotta watch him. That guy, that, that dog is crazy. Um, anyway, uh, we are glad to be back. Uh, we're back. This is our uh, probably second to next show prior to the Dub Dub, uh, where Kelly mm-hmm. will be in San Francisco for uh, for the alternative activities around WWDC. So that's very exciting. Um, Indeed. I will not, as far as I know, but I will be observing it from afar, including all the announcements around new OS versions and new capabilities and cool things that we'll have and everybody will be happy. But in the meantime, uh, another technology company, well, in the meantime, actually, there was I'm sorry, a, I need to interrupt you just for a minute because I found the website for the Scooby Mystery Machine Tour. Yes. It is ScoobyMysteryMachineTour.com. Yes. The last post on this site is November 28th, 2012. Mm. And obviously, I'm not afraid of a road trip. That's a little further than I maybe want to go. But uh, I would totally go get my picture with that. So <laughs> yeah, Every once in a while, we see... Um, I, I live in the vicinity of Portland Airport. And so every once in a while, when I have business with someplace along Airport Way, there's a hotel there. And occasionally, you'll see the Wienermobile parked there. <laughs> so speaking of random randomly hot, happening hot across interesting vehicles well um so the 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 actual news or quasi news of the day is that um it, for anyone who is the fan of the ios app tempo the smart calendar application that was introduced oh yeah uh, about two and a half years ago um that would uh track your help help it would interpret your mail and take a look and try to try to um, intelligently help you plan your day and know where you are going. Um, so a lot of different applications in that space now, but Tempo and the website, if you go to the web- website, website, tempo.ai, uh, you will notice that Tempo has been acquired by... I can't imagine who if we're talking about it. By somebody, by a company we both know. So um, <laughs> uh, not Apple, but a different company we both know. And that is? And that is Salesforce. Okay. So uh, so Tempo has been bought by Salesforce. Um, very excited to see what happens next. Uh, don't know anything about it other than that it has happened, but that is that is usually the way of things. Um, well, but yeah. anyway, the other technology company that had a big, made a big splash last week uh, was the Google with the Google I.O. Yeah. And a lot of big announcements around that, uh, that event. It's Google's developer conference. But really, the biggest one, or a big one from a consumer perspective, was uh, Google Photos coming uh-huh. out of the shadows. And uh, Kelly, I know you wrote it up for the Mac Observer, and I've been I playing did. with it myself. So there's a couple things I, I noted as well. What What are your impressions with uh, with Google Photos? What What made it interesting to you? Well, the first thing that made it interesting to me is they give you two options for storage, and the first is unlimited. Mm-hmm. 
but they're going to compress your files. Well, actually, I want to I want to caveat that they're only going to compress your files if they're larger than sixteen megapixels. If they are smaller uh, than sixteen megapixels, they leave them exactly as they are. See, they weren't clear about that. And when you walk through the setup, it doesn't tell you. No, you have to dig into the help. It just at, says, yeah, it just says with compression. So I was like, oh, okay, well, whatever. Um, um, but yeah, it's unlimited, and and that really is a is a pretty much a, a DSLR cutoff. Like if yeah. you've got professional level photos, they're going to be recompressed. They'll be down. And that's only after. That's only if you're ta- if you're uploading images that are larger than sixteen megapixel images. Yes, and, okay. and and so if and that's the unlimited storage option, which frankly is cool. I mean, I'm not using yeah because my f- I'm not archiving you- it. It, do you have any idea how many iPhones we're going to need before we get to 16 <laughs> megapixels? It'll be a couple. It'll be a couple more. But I mean, I do have all my DSLR shots are yeah. 24 megapixels. But right. you know what? I've, I've got a place for those. That's fine. Right. So if you just want to be able to access them, then the unlimited might be for you. Yeah. Now, if you if you decide that what you really need in life is unlimited or um, full resolution stored in the cloud... And that you want Google to be who does this for you, then what you end up with is uh, a limit that is tied to the storage you already have with Google. So if you have a Gmail account, if you have OneDrive, wait, not OneDrive, yeah, Google OneDrive, Drive. One, well, oh yeah, sorry, OneDrive Google is Microsoft. Drive. So yeah. I knew what you meant. Yeah, the the Google OneDrive thing. Um, so if you have cloud storage in any way from Google, then this will hook to that storage. So most people aren't coming anywhere near their Gmail limit. So you're getting all that space. Um, I know that occasionally Google does a promotion where if you do a certain thing, you know, or invite five people or whatever, that they were doing things where they would increase the storage on your drive, on your Google drive. So if you've done any of that, then um, all of that storage gets combined together. And that's what you have access to for uploading your photos. So I thought that was interesting. Um, the fact that the megap- the 16 megapixel cutoff uh, is only is where the compression comes in explains to me something that that I was sort of confused about because I was like, yeah, go ahead and compress them. I don't care. These are just pictures from my phone. Mm-hmm. And they looked just the same <laughs> when yeah, I looked at them on changed. my phone as when I looked at them on the, my computer. And I thought, wow, whatever they're using to compress is amazing because like I can't tell any difference between these two pictures. So that makes a lot more sense now. I'm going to have to go update my article to reflect that change. Um, anyway, that was one of the things that I noted about it that was, um, that was interesting. And then uh, the other thing that I liked about it, I think this is a thing that Flickr does as well, is it will look at the original metadata for when the photo was taken and slap that date on it. So as a test, I took um, some old photos of the gentleman for people who um, follow me on the interwebs. You will know that I have these two Lego guys that I take with me. And um, whenever I have a, an appropriate photo opportunity or even a not very appropriate photo opportunity, I still take a picture <laughs> of them. So they were out getting their exercise with me this weekend at Crater Lake and the wildlife safari. They got pictures with lions and... Um, if I lived near New Jersey, they would get a picture with the, um, with the mystery machine with the mystery machine trailer, and they have had a picture with the Wienermobile. And um, so I took, so um, I took some pictures that I had taken of them and just snapped on a few different phones over time because I've had them about four years now. And I took those I took those pictures and uploaded those just sort of as an example. And it was like, hey, these are from 2013. These are from 2012. These are from a week ago and went with that. 
And I really like that it gives me the date option on those yeah. for when they were originally taken because that way, like, if what you want to do is share these images with somebody, then you can put together an event. And if it was, you know, someone like you were talking about your sister-in-law's birthday, mm-hmm. um, if you want to put all those together, you can do it now and it will still have the right date on it, even though the date that you took them was before today. If you upload them today, they're still going to have that original date on them, which I thought was cool. It, the, the, the date tracking is pretty great. The ability to ingest almost any kind of file, so video yeah. uh, and almost any image file is fantastic. The unlimited storage is great. Um, one thing also uh, that I also noticed in your piece that you were talking about, the, the long tap to select, which I was not aware of, um, you can actually on the desktop, you can tap in the upper left corner, you get a checkbox, and then you mm-hmm. can shift select. So you can oh, actually yeah. do, do batch selections on the desktop that way. Um, I don't believe that would work on the iPad, um, yeah. but the normal iPad, as you say, the long tap to select, and then you can then you can scroll to select. Um, yeah. You can. There are certain things you can only do on the mobile application at the moment, which is creating new um, new uh, collages and also new stories uh, yeah. can only be done. So, but here's what's really interesting to me is the creative things that, and this is if you've already used Google Plus Photos. Um, sometimes Google would do like little smart things with your photos, like take five or six of them and make them into a GIF if mm-hmm. they were all the same of the same scene or add snow or, you know, they, it would do fun little stuff. But, yeah. But now the, if you look at what Google photos does, it goes, it does that, does all of that. And it does, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll make actual movies. So it'll yeah. take your movie clips and your photos that are all from the same scene and it'll put a soundtrack behind them and give you an instant movie. That's insane. I know. But, but I want to try it out now. Oh, you got to try it out. But then if you go, the, the thing that is, uns, I guess, not shouldn't be surprising that it's amazing, <laughs> but it's really kind of astonishing. Uh-huh. If you go to the search in Google yeah. Photos. So there are all the faces of everyone you know. But that's not the only thing. No. And... and the places and the things. But wait, so, there's more. Well, there's more. <laughs> we'll talk about the things for a second. So there's the faces, there's the places, there's the things. So it starts with, uh, you know, if you, if you only import a few photos, you're only going to get a few things. Right. And originally, I think I had, I had um, you know, dogs and food. Those are the two <laughs> things I have. Someone now I ha- was at a barbecue. Now I yeah. have food, cars, sky, dogs, cats, skylines, posters, <laughs> beaches, forests, dancing, flowers, boats, horses, Christmas, Christmas, playgrounds, Christmas. Sw- Christmas, yes. So Google doesn't know you as well as they think. No, there's a I'm lot hearing. of pictures of Christmas. This is the extended <laughs> family. It's true. These are pictures of Christmas. Playgrounds, swimming, and gymnastics. So I... I mean, okay. Where's things? I have to go see this now. This is it, just click on search and you scroll down and you'll see things. Oh, search. Okay, so there's search. Places. All I have is places and types. That's it. That's a bummer. types. You have yeah. no. You have no things. That's weird. Maybe. No, you well, I'm on the web. I'm on the web too. So okay. if you 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 should have uh, people, places, things, and types. No, maybe it just, just hasn't have... done enough analysis on your things yet. But well, you I also for... didn't feed it a ton of pictures either. You got to feed it a ton of pictures. That's the so, thing. And yeah. that's the thing. That's the thing that people are like, oh, Google, you're the product, which we are. We know. You're, I you get know, that. You're, you're, but... you're helping the machine learning process. But it's like, I, I, as long as you're not putting ads on my photos, I'm pretty okay with that. But I'm here's really okay the thing that. that I'm curious about in all of this. So maybe the problem is that I am 
confounding it a little bit because I have a stack of pictures of Lego guys. Mm -hmm. I have some pictures of some Hello Kitty socks that I own um, because they're they're awesome. And like one half, like each foot is is like half of the picture. And then you put your feet together and you get the whole like Hello Kitty situation. Mm-hmm. And there's another show title for you. The whole Hello, the whole Kitty, Hello situation. Kitty situation. The whole Hello Kitty situation. And then like an, an animated drawing of uh, Mr. Spock that says Trek yourself before you wreck yourself. And then <laughs> more Lego guys. You got to drag and drop more <laughs> so, pictures. Cause that's, that's so how maybe you, that's its problem. My, my new laptop sticker um, is on there. So... Maybe we should link to that in the show notes, mini laptop sticker. Your new laptop sticker? Yes, just send it yeah. to me. We'll link to it. And um, then, um, so the thing that I want to know about this is what does Google get out of this? I know what Google gets out of scanning my mailbox. I know what Google gets out of Google+. Plus. I don't know what Google gets out of having a hold of all of, all of all of these pictures. Well, I mean, number one, it makes the ecosystem more sticky and makes you more likely right. to use more services. But number two, it's a it's a great machine learning corpus. The more okay. real pictures that Google gets, the better it gets at finding things. And finding things in pictures is computationally tough. That's but true. this is this is smart enough that in my cat's collection, almost all these pictures are of cats. There's one dog, there's Grumpy Cat, a stuffed grumpy cat, which by the way, <laughs> that's amazing. That's and there's hilarious. also a giant stuffed lion that is showing up in the cat's pictures. There are also a couple of pictures of children lying on the floor, which I think is throwing it off. <laughs> is it because they're laying in a in a the a sunshine? Cat, a cat-like position, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, and in in the dog's pictures, I think the original dog's picture said, oh yeah, so there's some lemurs that are categorized as dogs, <laughs> which is really funny. Um, and you could tell it, you could tell, uh, you could tell Google Photos that those are not lemurs. I mean, those are not dogs. They're definitely lemurs, but most yeah. of the other pictures are of dogs. And there's a couple of pictures of cats. But I mean, this is a this is a fascinating process. Now, what I am really trying to, what I would really love to do is, I'd really love to be able to point the desktop uploader at my old iPhoto libraries, mm-hmm. um, and which just I let it churn through. Yeah, it won't do that. It won't go into right. the packages. And I'm I'm trying to figure out if I could if if I sim link them, if I do something else, if I can get it, if I can fool it. Yeah. So if anybody knows a way to fool the Google Photos uploader <laughs> into digging through an iPhoto library, or I mean, I could just move temporarily move the photo folders out of the iPhoto library because these are old iPhoto libraries. I don't really want to do that. It's gigabytes and gigabytes, gigabytes yeah. and gigabytes of photos. Yes. Billions and billions of stars <laughs> across so, our galaxy. Anyway. I, I feel compelled to mention, because as a nerd, I feel it is always my, my, my job to mention when something turns out to be an XKCD comic, and this exact thing is one of them. <laughs> so um, the caption on the image is, in CS, meaning computer science, it can be hard to explain the difference between the easy and the virtually impossible. And so the conversation is as follows. When a user takes a photo, the app should check whether they're in a national park. Sure. Easy GIS lookup. Give me a few hours. And whether the and and check whether the photo is of a bird. I'll need a research team in five years. (laughs) But they've done it. It's been done. Right. Well, because Flickr, this is this is what happened with Flickr. Flickr said challenge accepted and. So they, hey, all right, let's do it. So um, they talk about, there's a really interesting post on Flickr's site about how they managed to do this and and how it works. And it's actually called Park or Bird. (laughs) And it makes me laugh that that 
because I love when somebody does something like that, like with particularly with XKCD, and then it turns into a thing, like um, correct horse battery staple, which people may yes, know as yes, strong passphrases pass as the yeah. object example. And uh, there is XK password, which you can use to diceware your passwords, which is exactly the the sort of philosophy that they're behind. And I think that that's really funny. So there you go. Well, uh, it's great that Flickr that Flickr did <laughs> Flickr Vision did Parker Bird, and this is from October of 2014. Yeah. But but now you can you can do a lot better than Park or Bird. You can do uh, dog or yeah. cat, which is hard. Well, and the demo that they gave on stage, because I, I watched the live stream for the keynote event at Google I.O. And it was and the funny thing is I was writing about um, on Thursday when they were doing the keynote. I was writing my piece for Mac Observer about alternatives to iCloud Photo Library. If you were looking for cloud storage for your images and you wanted to um, and maybe iCloud for whatever reason didn't work for you, like maybe you have an Android phone and a Mac or maybe you have a Windows machine and an iPhone and an iPad or, you know, some sort of mixed platform or you're one of those people that like iCloud just ate your contacts one too many times, which was, you know, one. Um, maybe your name is Victor Agreda, and you and iCloud have had a contentious relationship since the many, early many years. since the turn of the century. Um, if if you're one of those people, I was looking at alternatives. So I'm literally writing up the options that are available to you. And they dropped this Google Photos bombshell. And the thing about the demo that really stuck with me was he said, um, I know I took some pictures of a snowstorm in Toronto and of my car in the snowstorm in Toronto. And so he he typed like snowstorm in Toronto and it showed exactly that picture. And then he said, let's look at the information that I have about this picture. And it has the date. And that's like it. There may have been location information, but that was it. Yeah, and, and I just I just did the, the same thing. Came. I searched for snow, and I've got a picture of snow-covered cars that you know was taken in February of 2014, and it was yeah. ta- and it and it's got a map showing me exactly where it was where the photo was taken, and you know, and iPhoto can do some of that, but it's the semantic search. Well, mm. uh, Apple Photos and and other and and some other services can do some of it, but it's the semantic search. Yeah, that lets that. I mean, just the fo- the faces alone for for someone yeah. like me who um, is still working on his second daughter's baby video, and she's ten. Um, <laughs> this this is a godsend. I mean, this is a yeah. really really amazing opportunity to get some get some intelligence about these photos, and and I, I, frankly, the things. If you dump dump a, dump a couple hundred photos in there and then go back and look at things, and mm-hmm. it is a little bit scary. It's a little <laughs> bit Skynet. You know how you know how Donnie Marie used to come out and sing. One of them say I'm a little bit country, and the other one say yeah. I'm a little bit Skynet. And then the little bit Skynet one would you know tear off his human face and expose the robot <laughs> skeleton underneath, and then vaporize the studio audience. That's what it's like. Oh my god. We're all a little bit Skynet. I, I love when I, I love when we take a left turn. Like this is one of my favorite. <laughs> I hope it's half as fun to listen to as it is to experience. Because when we sit here and do this, and it takes the left, turn, you're a little bit Skynet. Like that's awesome. That's one of my favorite things. I'm telling you that most of the a huge chunk of the pictures of food that I'm seeing here are screenshots from my kids playing like 
you know, iPad cookie chef and taking oh. pictures of it. Yeah. Along with uh, cupcakes and <laughs> a giant basket of Pringles from someplace that I don't know where that's from. I mean, it's just, it's just it, and, and actually. Google knows. Google's totally going to tell you where that picture here, of Pringles is Here's a photo. From. I'm going to share this. This is going to be the photo for our um for the for the show illustration but it's not food google thinks it's food what it actually is is a a bottle of zquil and a box of benadryl <laughs> and google thinks that's food? google thinks it's food it's well, close you know <laughs> that's not food that's uh, drugs show me pictures of drugs you know, <laughs> you know there are people for whom that may be the case. Like, not that there's anything wrong with that. But most of the rest of this, there's pizza, <laughs> there's like, there's noodles in a crock pot, there's salmon, and there's, there's, all these pictures are of food and people eating food. Some of them are of like kaleidoscope crap. But, I, you know, how does it, how does it know what, it, like, mm-hmm. you see someone in an apron or a picture of ribs, what do these things have in common? And here's a restaurant. How does mm-hmm. it, you know, I mean, this... I'm gonna I'm gonna take this up with my Googler friends and say, okay, <laughs> come on, seriously, you have you have an army of trained gophers that are, you know, you've taught to recognize things because it's uh, here's a picture of beer. If I look for beer, I wonder what happens. <laughs> I have I have pictures of beer now, mind you, the picture of the cup of beer is not one of them. But it came up <laughs> okay. with Dogfish Head and uh, Sam Adams. I was going to say, I know That's... you have pictures of beer. I've been there. <laughs> well, hold on a second. If I write karaoke, oh my gosh. <gasps> now, it was wrong. It was wrong. But For it a small thought... monthly fee, I will make sure you never publish those results. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to donate to Kelly's Patreon slash blackmail fund. <laughs> um, yeah. It's so, not like it's secret. Anyway, so this is fascinating. So Google, so you can you can upload a bunch of stuff to Google Photos and then delete it later if you want to. But it's worth it to dump a folder of a you know grab a thousand photos, throw them in a folder, point the desktop uploader at them, and see what happens because it's it's just fascinating what is actually going on under the hood and the amount of there's you know you you look at these various technological revolutions and say what is the what is the previously scarce commodity that effectively gets driven to zero, gets driven to zero price. And in the, it, you know, in the original Industrial Revolution, it was horsepower. You know, what, mm-hmm. what used to be expensive in terms of kinetic energy and, and motive power became suddenly too cheap to measure with mm-hmm. steam. And then electricity, you know, the, that, that effectively became too cheap to measure. And then we got to, we got to telephony, and then we got to um, slowly, slowly, slowly got to bandwidth. And and storage, and now we're actually getting to compute power, mm-hmm. where and where Google, for Google, this level of compute power is too cheap to meter, so they can burn cycles, a ridiculous number of cycles, mm-hmm. figuring out whether this photograph I have uploaded actually contains food. Now Evernote, I mean Evernote will look at my chicken scratch scrawl and try to figure out what it is I've written, but that's a different kind of problem. Right. This is a this is another game. This is something very different. It is. And I'm very interested to see how it works. And the thing that to me the thing that struck me, aside from the search demo, the thing that struck me was um at the end when they said it will be it's available today, that was not the surprise. The surprise was it's available today on Android and iOS. Mm-hmm. 
So the minute it was ready, they were like, hey, iPhone people, come on down. And that to me was very surprising because it seems like um, at this point, that's now two big competitors to Apple who have started to sort of take Apple's approach, which is we have some awareness that we are not the only game in town. And it is more important for us to be on all the screens than to be on all of our screens. So Microsoft has taken this shift by finally releasing Office for iOS. You can get Word on your iPad now. And making it so that some of the services that go with Office applications are more integrated with the system so that it's easier for you to do the stuff that you want to do if you happen to want to do it in Word or Excel or whatever. And it's interesting to me that that has been what has happened because one of the things that I always thought was nice about macOS and frustrating about Windows was that Apple had an awareness that mm-hmm. macOS was not the only OS. And Windows... Well, almost an enforced awareness. <laughs> yeah, Windows basically was, you know, no. La, 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 hands over its ears. La, 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 cannot hear you. And, you know, so whenever anything interesting needed to happen, like whether it was troubleshooting or whatever, it always felt to me to be the one to work it out because there was never any possibility that Mr. Kelly's computer was going to be able to cut it. So it always came to me. I was the one that had to remote log in to a machine. I was the one that had to plug the mysterious hard drive into my computer and see if it could be read or rescued or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it always came to me because... Apple realized like sometimes a Mac will have to live side by side in harmony with a Windows machine. And so we might as well make it so that that's possible. And Windows wasn't like that. And now with the mobile revolution, it's been interesting to watch Microsoft slightly shift that position. And now Google is shifting that position. And I, I think it's awesome Because, you know, everyone does better when everyone does better. And I like that I get the opportunity to try that out on more than just my Nexus. So because I have an iPhone and an iPad and a Nexus and I have a a MacBook and I have a Windows laptop, like the Google option is immediately more appealing to me because I can do the same stuff with my photos on all of these devices. And I Mm -hmm. don't think I can do that with iCloud. No, you really can't. Well, I, I mean, I think, in fairness, Google's been, I, I think, since since the the maps, the return of, of independent maps to to the iPhone and and the Gmail standalone Gmail client for the iPhone and now mm-hmm. Google Calendar for the. I mean, I think Google has been, uh, if anything, a better a better mobile cross platform mobile citizen yeah. than, than anyone else. Um, you know, you don't see Surely. a lot of you don't see a whole lot of, you didn't for a long time see, you know, Outlook and Office for the iPad. Now you do. It's a different mm-hmm. world. Yeah. Um, but you certainly and you certainly don't see Apple's apps or and and really Apple's apps are not that much to write home about outside absent the rest of the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Although some of them are pretty good. Um, but but I think that Google I think that for something like this, so many of the world's photos are coming from iPhones. Yeah, uh, there's no there's well, no two ways. Flickr about says it. that every year. You yeah, know, the number if you if you don't split them out, far and away the number one camera on Flickr is iPhone. Yeah, and then if you do split them out, you know they're like first and third, fourth, sixth. You know, 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, like it's it's totally a no brainer. If if you want to get to where people's pictures are, this is how, you know, you get. Well, first of all, you go to their phones and the two biggest by far are Android and iOS. It was surprising to me that they announced it on zero day, that it's available right now for both platforms. That to me was the thing that was surprising. <laughs> zero, but good for you, them. You, you, you talk about it like it's a virus. It, it was a zero day. You know? <laughs> I think what you mean, what you meant was day and date, the way we talk about yeah. video and, and DVD releases. But but I like zero day. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the Google Photos virus hit iOS later earlier this morning. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it, you know, I I am I am really interested in the in the machine learning side of this. I'm really interested in the convenience factor because I, if it were easier for me to get. I mean, in fairness to Google, they couldn't make it a whole lot easier for me to get my photos in. But because of where they are, it actually requires some work for me to do it. And I would like it not to require that work. I will figure out a way. By the way, tip for our readers and tip tip for our listeners, tip for your readers if you want to throw it in. Yeah. If you are a Google Drive user and you're synchronizing Google Drive with your your computer. Uh Uh-huh. Showing the Google, showing your Google Photos, these new sort of photo aggregation, showing that as a folder in Google Drive is optional. You have to turn it on or off as part of the setup. You you walk through it. Okay. But when you turn it on, if you turn it on, make sure to go into your Google Google Drive client for your computer, preferably all your computers. Yeah. And make sure to to not synchronize that folder because you will be copying <laughs> Particularly back. Particularly MacBook Air. <laughs> right. You will be yeah. copying back all the photos you just uploaded to Google, Google Photos again. So don't do that unless you specifically have a reason to want to do it. And they will actually warn you. This is, I think, both on the mobile setup on the desktop setup, you do get an alert saying, by the way, if you're going to do this, be sure to turn it off, selectively unsync it on your desktop because you don't need it twice. Um so that's a just a tip from me to you. Um, so I want to jump in just for a second. Jump in for a second. Go for and it. And point out that Google was not the only one who announced something interesting last week. Mm, let's hear it. <laughs> so um, transparency, I'm sure by now y'all know I work there. Uh, Smile Software, makers of Text Expander, revved Text Expander. And uh, thanks to something in a P list somewhere that got misinterpreted when the, when it was released, Text Expander is now it has gone from version four to version five hundred. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's um, the Indy five hundred. We went to this webinar from the Firefox guys. No, um, <laughs> so uh, version five is what it is, and there are a bunch of reasons that version five is awesome. Uh, the two biggest reasons that I think people are going to be excited about are number one, you can sync your snippets anywhere your heart desires. So there is no longer a, um, you have one option. It is Dropbox and it is this one place in Dropbox. Otherwise you're out of luck. That's no longer the case. If you want to use iCloud to sync, you can do so. If you have a transporter, if you have other cloud storage, uh, you want to use sugar sync or box or, um, any of those other places that have, syncing options you can do that and it's a pretty easy thing to set up uh there's been an update to the ios version of text expander touch to 3.5 in order to take advantage of some of this new stuff so that's the first big thing um actually i'm going to say there are three three 
three things that people may be interested in. Our three main weapons. The three main features amongst our features are such diverse elements as. Uh, So first of all, syncing. And then second of all, JavaScript support. If you want to write some JavaScript, some snippets that become JavaScript that turn into stuff. Of course, Brett Terpster already has a post out about this. (laughs) Um, And it will, your mind will be blended by the end of it. Um, But... It's a thing that you can do. That's so, crazy. That's the second so thing. So little, little, little executables within your expansions. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I'm that's not going to That's mind expanding. Awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's bananas. And particularly because it's Brett, you know, he's done some sort of mind blowing thing where he's like, you know, I type four things and all of my time is logged for the week, even though it's Monday and it zaps the dog with a particular <laughs> pattern in the collar and she brings me a beer you know like that's cuckoo bananas you know because it's brett you know it's going to end up being something bananas and it's awesome i mean i love it it's great and so what he's doing is great so we have syncing we have javascript and an almost fanatical devotion to the pope no um <laughs> the third thing the third thing is is my favorite which is yes. I'll, co- I'll come in again um <laughs> Bring the comfy chair. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the third thing that, that is is probably my favorite is suggested snippets. And the reason the suggestion feature is awesome is because it is twofold. First of all, if you type something a bunch, it will suggest to you, hey, you've typed this a bunch. Maybe you should make a snippet for it. And the second reason is because if you type something that you already have a snippet for, it'll go, hey, you already have a snippet for that. Whoa! So, what? Yeah. What? I know. It's That's awesome. That's pretty awesome. That's I all great really stuff. enjoy it. Now, if you don't enjoy it, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll put this out. Here's an ounce of tech support from the show tonight. Um, if you don't enjoy that, if you don't like that, it's it's suggesting things to you, or you turned off suggesting, and you find that it's still showing you those same things. There's a suggested snippets group in Text Expander once you move to version five. And once you go in there and the cool thing about the suggested snippet group is that if you do like it, you can see the things that it has suggested and you can click on one and either say keep snippet and then give it an abbreviation and move on with your day. Or you can tell it drop snippet like um, one of the ones it was trying to suggest to me drop snippet like it's hot. Yes. (laughs) One of the reasons I one of the one of the reasons this is useful is because particularly um, as a person who writes on a specific topic for maybe a day or two, uh, I was writing things like cloud sync and cloud storage and it kept suggesting them to me. So I went over there and I went drop suggestion because I didn't need it. And the next time I typed that, it also didn't suggest it to me. Sometimes you can find stuff that it will. And if you find that it's still suggesting even after you turned it off, you just have to go delete that suggested snippet group and then it won't hassle you about them anymore. It's pretty straightforward. Um, this is all local. The engine is local. You can run little snitch or whatever, and you're not going to see that it's sending all of your key. It's not key logging. It's not sending any of your information to some server. It's not in cahoots with Google creating Skynet. It's none of that stuff is happening. Um, it's all local within itself. And if you quit, every time you quit text expander, all of the information that it gathered sort of disappears. And so it starts learning over again. Um, 
so those are the things about it that I think are super cool. There's a bunch of like small improvements and other little things that I think are really great, but those are the three biggest features. And of course the JavaScript stuff is really awesome because it'll do JavaScript Crazy. and JavaScript for automation. So that's pretty awesome. And then um, the fact that it will suggest snippets to you is, is a thing that I really like because I have a truckload of snippets, give or take. And sometimes I forget I already built one. And so it'll go, hey, you already have a snippet for that, which is super handy. If you own a previous version of Text Expander, you can get this one for $19.95 directly from the site. It's pretty straightforward. And that's that's pretty much it as far as Text Expander goes. It's Mac only. Um, for people who don't know that already, uh, it is Mac only. So if you want to sync it with stuff on your Windows machine, you'd have to use a different app for that. But... Um, for a lot of people, text expander is awesome. And I know even before I started working for a smile, I know tons of people who were all like text expander is one of those things that when I type the snippet and then I wait and nothing happens, I panic. <laughs> What's going on? Why didn't that work? Yeah. Yeah. I typed three letters and it didn't expand out into two paragraphs of text. What's wrong? Um, so I know a load of people who use it and think that it is an unbelievably useful utility. So that's a thing that I just want to point out as lots of people think it's awesome. So I'm not trying to be too commercially about it, but I know a load, I know lots and lots of people who think it's super useful. And so I want to make sure that people know that there's a new version out now. It is Yosemite only. That is the trade-off you will have to make. Well, it's a trade-off. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a living. <laughs> well, some people have already made that trade-off. So if you are somebody who, for whatever reason, is sticking to Mavericks, then uh, you'll want to make sure that y you may want to hold off on purchasing an upgrade because it's not going to actually do anything for you yet. <laughs> this isn't working. Why yeah. Keep pressing the button and nothing It's not else. suggesting anything. Not suggesting. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So you can go to uh, Smile Software, smileonmymac.com. Uh, and and check out the new version of uh, Text Expander. I believe I have already upgraded. I may I may have clicked the charge me later button. I haven't done it yet, but I'm <laughs> definitely I'm definitely on it. And the, the JavaScript support is insane. Uh, we're going to be sharing some of our favorite photos that Google Photos has uh, uncovered <laughs> for us. Hey, you know, <laughs> it makes some animation. Hey, uh, and uh, and then I guess the only thing, other thing to talk about. In advance of actually traveling to San of the Frisco, yes, is that you're you're going? I'm going. I'm totally going to be there. It's going to be awesome. Okay, so so we will have um, not on site, but on the ground coverage of the WWDC. <laughs> yes, uh, we'll, we'll we'll probably have a show that um, we record in prior to it that will that will be our. I will I will try my best next weekend to to turn around the show in in rapid order so that we are actually ahead of the keynote. That would be uh, awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, that may mean minimal editing, but you never know. We can, we'll work something out. And uh, in the meanwhiles, um, <laughs> oh, the other thing I was going to talk about. Yes. Um, speaking of. Because I want to hear about this. It sounds awesome. Speaking briefly about Evernote. So I, I, I broke down and I got myself a new scanner and I didn't just get any scanner. I got the, uh, the, the Fujitsu ScanSnap, um, Evernote edition. And the deal with this is it's this it's essentially the same price as the regular Fujitsu ScanSnap uh okay. it, which is ridiculously expensive for a scanner, but it's a very fast double-sided 
sheet feds uh, scanner mm-hmm. with an automatic document feeder that just inhales paper. It just devours it and it spits out Evernote notes. That's and awesome. And it knows if it's a business card or a document or a receipt. Oh, wow. I have to have a receipt for the, the Thunderbolt doc I bought this afternoon that I'm going to feed <laughs> it in a second. Um, one thing you do want to check, though, is I got a little ahead of myself and I was, I was, um, I was using a different machine. It's Wi-Fi. So you can scan. You can be scanning in another room. It'll go and mm-hmm. the stuff will go back to your computer. It's paired. It's Wi-Fi or USB. Nice. It's incredibly fast. Yeah. It works really well, well with Evernote. The only problem, I was scanning a couple things and including something that, you know, I probably wanted to hold on to or like have a record of. And then I was I was scanning and treading, scanning and treading, scanning and treading. Well, oh. but I wasn't looking at my computer <gasps> and Evernote wasn't running and I lost a couple of the one oh, thing, no. okay. one thing. So now I'm a, I'm a lot more conscientious here. I'm going to scan. <laughs> I'm going to scan this receipt right now. So hold on. We'll do this live. I'll bring the mic front over a little bit. <laughs> we'll do it live. We're doing it live. So I'm turning it on and you, you, you put it in upside down and, uh, now, before backwards. you feed it, what yeah. kind of receipt are we talking about here? Are we talking about eight miles of CVS? Are we talking it's about? It's an eight. It's a micro center receipt, so it's like it's like a good a good foot and a half of uh, thermal paper. So let's okay. Let's stick that in there. Crunch, 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 crunch. It goes, and we get a little desktop notification. We hope. Yep, there's Evernote popping up. Okay. And so I have, to, and there it is, and there, and there it is, and it, and it should be, it should have gone into receipts. I didn't think it went into receipts. I'll just move it. So there's receipts, and yeah, and it's a lovely scanned receipt, and of course it does all the good, the Evernote OCR and all that lovely. So yeah, it, it's that's wicked fast. So uh, this is this is my new, this is my new bicycle. I am going to be devouring <laughs> paper. And I, I'm I'm finding my inner David Sparks. I'm finding my inner Max Sparky. And there you go. And just everything that I see that's paper that I don't actually need to be paper. And and the funny thing is, I needed I needed I actually ended up digging up a bank statement from 2004 because I was looking for something. That <laughs> was my wife scolded me for throwing things away. She's like, "See, that's why I never throw anything away." I'm like, "Yeah, but I can scan it now." Yeah. I can scan it now. So it's not going to be sitting here anymore, see? I can scan it. <laughs> I don't know where these voices are coming from. I don't man. know either, but I'm loving all of them. All uh, right. So a, a little bit of a shout out uh, also to uh, probably, I'm uh, he's Canadian, so your friend and mine, Brooks Duncan, mm. who leads a paperless charge of his own. He and leads a paperless charge of his own. He does indeed. And he does some great stuff. And I'm going to go find his... Uh, his site is, or the site he's on anyway, is documentsnap.com. And <laughs> what is the what is the Unicode for that pop? <laughs> What's the emoji for that? That was really me testing because I pulled the foam little cover thing off my microphone today, <laughs> and I wanted to see what would happen if I did that. Um, anyway, so he um, he does some scan snap stuff and. Uh, He's got a, a bunch of information. If you're somebody who maybe isn't um, super up on paperless and maybe you just need a, a good starting point, uh, Brooks is really awesome at breaking stuff down into reasonable pieces. Mm-hmm. So if you're somebody who has, you know, boxes of stuff that you just need to make sure gets processed, um, you know, Brooks is a, is a really good resource for that. So that's documentsnap.com. 
And here's what's interesting is the whole reason that this that that Brooks uh, leapt to my mind is because he did a webinar called Going Paperless with Evernote mm-hmm. that you can go check out. Mm-hmm. And uh, but also he he talks about using scan snaps and stuff a lot. Um, well, that's my scanner. It's the yes. it's the scan scan snap Evernote edition, which is this essentially the same as the scan snap IX five hundred uh-huh. with a little bit of different software. It's a slightly different and, uh, driver pack. And the non Evernote scan snap is also um, a beloved tool of AppCamp for girls. It is a great scan. I mean, I I, yeah. I love it already. I've only had it for a week, and I absolutely love it. And and actually, he has a on his on the document snap site. He has pictures of three th- three things that I have, which is a shredder, a drobo, and a and now a uh, a scanner, <laughs> a, scan, a scanner. Um, so the thing that and here's the thing is it's the at least for for us at AppCamp, mm-hmm. it's great because um, we can feed it artwork. So we give the girls these giant sketch pads and they can, and they have to create all of the art that goes into the apps. And if you, uh, more advertising from Kelly, if you download the app camp for girls quiz compendium, you will get to see all of that artwork. But usually what happens is they literally cut out a portion of a page, you know, usually in a weird shape mm-hmm. and we feed it to the scanner. The scanner doesn't care. The scanner gives us a great reproduction of the art. And then we take that, we can drop it into the storyboard in Xcode and move on. And, you know, we give, we show them how to, how to drop the images in and then they just start cranking out the images and, uh, the scanner's super fast. It's super portable. It's really great. And, uh, I, so I too cannot recommend it highly enough. I think it's a really awesome scanner, but we have had a lot of success with it, uh, scanning at, um, scanning artwork, you know, not just, um, receipts and and different other like you know bank records and pieces of paper so uh, it does a decent job with that too so if you've got a kid who draws you a lot of pictures you can always stash those in your hard drive somewhere too i think that's an excellent idea and speaking of app camp we are now officially international because app camp for girls is a nonprofit organization and we're going to have one in vancouver bc this year and it is now officially the App Camp for Girls Society of Canada. That's what you are when you're a nonprofit in Canada. So um, I think that's awesome. The, so. App Camp, the App Camp for Girls Society of Canada. I know. It sounds like something. You, you, it sounds like you are. Um, you're planning a a, a croquet match. <laughs> I was Jeez. gonna say it sounds like I wear a large hat and drink tea in the afternoon uh, possibly both maybe uh, whilst playing croquet um so an app camp more advertisement for kelly app camp is in the midst of uh, another an indiegogo campaign uh the first one was to get us off the ground this one is for sustainability we want to build an organization that can continue to fund itself an organization that will continue to expand across the country uh, we've pretty much dominated the West Coast. Um, we are going to uh, work our way. Now that we are international, this is one of the steps on the road to becoming interplanetary, which was always <laughs> my ultimate goal because go big or go home. And I really, uh, so I would really encourage you guys to donate. And the reason I would encourage you so heavily to donate is uh, two things. Number, And they're both perks. I'm not going to lie. Uh, one of them is we have 50 copies of Felicia Day's book. That, that was just released. Um, 
so uh it's it's um wasn't it's a great Jean, wasn't Jean asking recently who who she knew who knew Felicia yeah, and this was why <laughs> I guess they figured it out <laughs> yeah. so um so if you want to get the book uh that's actually a hundred dollar donation for you're never weird on the internet almost uh by Felicia it comes out in August, and so um when it comes out, you will get a copy with a hundred dollar donation to the Indiegogo campaign. You can also get a button pack. We make buttons during every single app camp. You will get um, a a hand picked batch of buttons that are made uh, during app camp, which are super awesome. Um, for twenty five dollars, this is the other one that I really like because Felicia Day. I mean, come on. And then the other one I like is only a twenty five dollar perk. And there's this group called the Double Clicks. It's these two sisters that are a band. They're awesome. We talked about them before. We have indeed. So um, they did. In fact, one of their more recent projects was uh, after the news broke that there was going to be an all-female version of Ghostbusters, they recorded an all-female version of the theme. And it's awesome. Um, They are putting together a mixtape that's uh, all manner of um, awesome and kind of nerdy and maybe geeky songs. So it's going to include a song from the Double Clicks. Uh, Amanda Palmer is on it. Um, Jonathan Mann, you know, uh, Song of Day. Jonathan Mann is on it. Yeah. And uh, 25 bucks, and you get this mixtape. That's, uh, wow. I would spend 25 bucks just on the mixtape. I know, and I mean, it's going to be awesome. Like, there's, there's more on it than just the ones I'm naming. You know, Amanda Palmer, the full list on the on the campaign says um, Amanda Palmer, Danielle ate the sandwich, Jonathan Mann, Lucia Fasano and Samus. And Samus is awesome. If you don't know anything about Samus, you need to. Um, Anyway, so this is going to be the thing that levels up so that it can be a sustainable ongoing organization. And uh, we're super excited about it. Uh, And if you're going to be in San Francisco next week. There is a happy hour situation that is happening, and uh, you can register for that and come hang out with us. And you should, and if you're going to be there, let us know at yes. uh, the after show uh, on on Twitter. Or the, it, what is our Twitter handle? Good Lord, <laughs> what the hell's wrong with me? No, it's the after show, the underscore after it's show. The, it's the underscore after show. God, what? And we are, the website is <laughs> aftershowpodcast.com. Wow brain not engaged but (laughs) but still glad to be here so yes aftershowpodcast.com the underscore after show and uh of course kelly folks can find you at uh you can find me at macobserver.com you can find me on twitter as verso and uh you gosh where else can you find me you can find me sometimes sitting behind the social media console over at smile software if you email about text expander you might get a hold of me you can find me at app camp for girls you can find me at alt conf next week <laughs> you're busy you can so, find me i am i'm a crazy in, busy person you can find me in a very damp brooklyn <laughs> i was gonna uh, say in about three inches of water <laughs> soaking in about three inches of water you can find me at mike t rose on the twitter's and uh, the website, which is in dire need of some attention, is geekparent.com. We will be back next week. I keep with... threatening to talk about Geek Parent stuff so that you will have to update uh, the We're going to have to do it. Just going to have to do it. There's no... Well, if I figure out a way to get, um, to get the Google Photos uploader to ingest an iPhoto file, I will post that 
twogeekparent.com. Um, and uh, we're glad you're listening. We will be back next week. If you have any questions for us, please uh, tweet them to us or uh, send us a, send us a, a smoke signal or a carrier pigeon or one of them other newfangled <laughs> ways of communicating. But in the meantime, uh, for my partner in crime, Kelly Gumont, I'm Michael Rose. Thank you for joining us once again. Thank you, Info Driveway. Thank you, Phone Boy. And thank you, Chris Fuller. See, see, it, it does work. It does indeed. <laughs> we'll mention you. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>